48, 48. get to work here. And I can tell you from what we've heard, I think we're going to have a very successful offseason when it comes to free agents. Welcome to the Knicks Bait Podcast. Yer, yer. Home of the zestiest, zaniest takes in a blunt's worth of time. Oh, yeah. Three Knicks addicts. First up, Dougie Fresh. What's good? It's got to be some weird sexual thing with Tibbs and Quickly, bro. He like autoerotically asphyxiates the team until it's too almost too late for them to come back. And then he puts Quickly back in. Gross it's like you want to see a little white light before you can, you know, pop. I said so zaniest be. takes, not auto-eroticist takes in Nick's feardom, okay? Listen, bro. It's BDSM coaching, bro. It's, it's classic. It's I'm a not, classic winning style. I'm not kink-shaming you. I'm Nick's-shaming you right now. D-Boy, what's good? You're, so does anyone else think that Pop kind of looks like Gandalf? Nick certainly had a spell cast on him tonight. The Sir Ian of the NBA. He's the Sir Ian McKellen. Uh, you don't go to ESPN for these type of takes. You come to <laughs> Nick's Bay for that weird, that zesty, and that sad. And it's me, Monty, saddest Knicks fan there is. Hey. Speaking of sad, San Antonio 119, New York 93. Yikes. Didn't they have a bunch of players missing? Weren't we supposed to win this one? Walt's suit was a winter weave. The Knicks were ice cold, as if Clyde's jacket had premonitions. We're going to get into quick hits. Quick hits! (laughs) Ugly blowout tonight. Let's give out some flowers. The Austin Rivers, who's your daddy most valuable player, goes to budding star Dehunte Murray who led the Spurs with 26 points and was an absolute stalwart on the defensive side of the ball. The Ish Smith Clyde Crush Award goes to the often unheralded big man from Saskatoon, Trey Lyles. He connected on four threes and had 18 points. Nick Killer and Australian legend Patty Mills earned the Tibbs throat coat scream of the game with his buzzer beater at the end of the first half. Gifted by the refs on review after the quarter had been ruled over, the corner three would end up becoming the Knicks' death knell. The bloody horse's head goes to Alfred Payton on a night where Frank inspired with his offensive play, hitting all three deep balls he attempted. And the sad stat of the game? With the two lead point guards out due to injury and health and safety protocols, Austin Rivers still received his seventh DNP coach's decision in a row. It's been a real cute season so far. An unlikely hero in Julius Randle, a lovable young upstart in Emmanuel Quickly, an R.J. Barrett going through his basketball bar mitzvah, and a tough but fair coach who everyone insists is just a real softy inside. But Greg Popovich doesn't have time for fairy tales. His skynet of basketball terminators turned Julius Randle into Sarah Connor, fighting for his life in a dystopian wasteland of Jacob Podol, Trey Lyles, and Drew Eubanks. DeRozan flicked his cigarette and walked away from an explosion of turnovers as Patty Mills picked off the remains from long distance. Only Frank left enough out there on the floor of his potential future team, spraying three bombs as if to say to Coach Tibbs, I'll be back. This day in Sadnik's history, March 2nd, 1962, Philadelphia Warriors, 169, nice, New York, 147, playing all 48 minutes and attempting 63 shots and 32 free throws, Wilt Chamberlain scored an astonishing 100 points, 
The headlines for the New York Times simply read, LOL Nix. Mills, a three-pointer, and got it. And that's just poor defense by the Knicks. That's a sneak that time. Plenty of experts have pointed to the team's newfound success as a culture shift, a new direction that will bring superstars calling. Although the Knicks' improvement is undeniable, there are a lot of factors which still remain in the balance, which has kept the likes of Kyrie, KD, LeBron, and oh so many others out of the blue and orange. To add fuel to the fire, Brian Windhorst broke some cryptic news today that a superstar may demand a trade to New York in the next year or so. Let's get real here. Dolan is yet to rear his ugly head in the Leon Rose era, but undoubtedly will insert himself in the wrong way at some point in the near future. Tibbs also doesn't have the best history with star players, and although MSG has always supposedly been a draw, we are too early to say the Knicks have enough figured out that they are now the darling of the NBA. With a daunting schedule ahead of them and many of the Eastern Conference frontrunners finally healthy and through COVID protocol, what do the Knicks have to do to cement this shift into a permanent change? Well, the Knicks are halfway there, right? It's no longer LOL Knicks. It's no longer the laughing stock of the NBA. Julius Randle has done the yeoman's work of taking the stench away. Nobody wants to come to the Knicks if that stank is still here. If you've gotten the stink a little layered over like Julius has, we can shift into a different look for the future. This R.C. Buford, Greg Popovich pipeline of marginal talent into NBA dominance has been going on for over 20 years. The Knicks have a, are a far cry away from that level of st stability. The way it went down tonight, we had no miracle game from Julius Randle. IQ had a solid game, but that was pretty much all we had going on. And the Spurs just showed up and did business. The Knicks are clearly in a very different place than the Spurs. The Spurs have decades of a healthy environment in which lots of players have risen and succeeded and they've enjoyed winning season after winning season. But apparently, people want to come to the Knicks. So the next logical question is, who? Well, there's the Carl Anthony Town rumors, which I don't really see with Tibbs in the building, but Minnesota sucks so bad that maybe they'll cash out their best star. This is the fascinating difference between the Knicks and the Spurs as far as how they're positioned with free agents, right? Because the Spurs can bring in your LaMarcus Aldridge, who was pretty much a star player in Portland, and slot him in as a rotation guy, a role player who does his thing really, really well. That's just the way it works in San Antonio. But if the Knicks were to bring a talent on LA's level, you could argue that Julius Randle has turned out to be somewhat close to approximating that. They want to be the leader. Randle has done a fantastic job becoming the leader of the Knicks, but he's not the full-time savior that's going to bring us to a championship. So who wants that burden? Who's got that mellow, that Julius Randle level of courage to take that on? Well, another question is, does anyone want to come in and play with Julius Randle? The reason why someone would want to come here, it seems to be, is their young core that they have in place. Well, Julius Randle seems to be the one large trade chip that we have financially and production-wise. But you look at what he's done this year, 
getting to be featured in an offense and not as responsible on defense. And I don't see any star player in the league that wouldn't want to come in, have the benefit of a tib system and not have the defensive burden. The playmaking was not there tonight. That is still our biggest issue. Is somebody like Oladipo going to bring us the playmaking? Is Kyle Lowry going to sign a short one or two year deal here next year? How are we going to start breaking down defenses and not having to rely on Derrick Rose to get inside the paint every single night? Well, the truth is that next year's free agent class is not that strong. You know, it's highlighted by a guy like Oladipo that's actually gettable by the Knicks. You know, Kawhi is, has a player option, LeBron, that's, none of that is important. So the real question becomes, how do the Knicks acquire one of these players? Because to me, if you're even talking about a Towns or someone we haven't even thought of yet, you're gonna have to send out some of the great young players. Quiet is kept with Leon Rose. It seems like he and World Wide West are cooking on their own separately for now, and they're not letting the news and the rumors and the, and the back-end conversations they're having trickle up to James Dolan's desk. So as long as they can keep a harmonica in that motherfucker's mouth, I think we'll be just fine. Roll that, light that, smoke that. It's time for one talk. One talk. Getting high, you think about the now, but you also think about your future. Right now, Knicks are 500 with Tibbs as their coach. Whoop de doo. Three years from now, we could be contending for real, for real. But will Tibbs still be our coach? Probably not. He's gonna wear out his welcome through screams and pushes for former players. Who's gonna be our coach then? I gander into the future. Becky Hammond. WNBA legend, New York Liberty Ring of Honor recipient, and one of the best assistant coaches in the game right now. She's got the connection to the local market and the pedigree. It would be a progressive move for a progressive city with a sometimes regressive owner. Do the right thing. 2022-23, Becky Hammond is our coach. I see it now. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bait and always remember, Emmanuel Quickly was born one day after game one of the last Knicks finals appearance. appearance.